1: So, you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
2: Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless
1: for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October.
3: Hey guys, welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Today we have a bit of a different episode. Andrew is not here with me, this is Scott Solo, but in fact, I'm actually going on someone else's podcast. And I thought it would be a good idea to bring it to you guys because one, it's a good podcast, and two, we talk about the New York Yankees. And what else do we talk about? Seinfeld. We do a top five baseball moments in Seinfeld. And spoiler alert, four of them are about the New York Yankees. Now I could not lie to myself, and leave out what I think is one of the greatest scenes in sitcom history, and that is the Loogie, you know, having to do with the Mets and Keith Hernandez. That's fine. It is what it is. We know what the Yankees and Seinfeld are. We know that they will always be connected. There will always be a connotation together uh, when talking about these these two things in the '90s, especially because there's such a you know an interwoven. Uh, storyline with George Steinbrenner and George Costanza being the assistant to the traveling secretary. So obviously all of the, uh, the parallels run deep. There are hysterical moments in Seinfeld. Uh, Kyle and I talk about them. Kyle is the host of Big Screen Sports Podcast. You've heard him before. If you listen to Andrew and Kyle break down uh, what was Pride of the Yankees, I think it was last year they did that and uh so andrew has been on his show in the past and he had the idea of doing a top five seinfeld episode and because we're all quarantined and because kyle has a great show i thought it would be a good idea and wanted to bring it to you guys as well because yeah i know there's a lot of uh, a lot of crossover there and talking about this was was pretty fun so hope you guys enjoy it this is big screen sports podcast where i was a guest talking about the top five baseball moments in Seinfeld spoiler alert again four of them are New York Yankees all right guys hope everybody is being safe and staying sane enjoy the show
4: All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast presented by Blue Wired BetOnline.ag. I'm Kyle Banduho. We have a little Thursday bonus content coming for you, and joining me for that, uh, he's from Bronx Pinstripes and Blue Wire, Scott Reinen. Scott, thank you so much for joining me to talk some uh, some Seinfeld and baseball.
3: Yeah, Kyle, I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm glad we could finally get it in. I've been looking forward to this episode for a very long time.
4: Yeah, we've been circling the wagons on it. Before we get going, uh, plug, what are you guys doing at Bronx Pinstripes when we are uh, stuck in this 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 cave of quarantine content?
3: <laughs> you know, we're, we're actually putting out, there's a lot of articles. If you're a Yankees fan, there's a ton of articles uh, coming out on bronxpinstripes.com. Uh, we got a lot of people who are sitting at home very... Uh, jonesing to do something and looking for baseball so we have a bunch of stuff coming out in fact ironically enough there was an article out today about george costanza's uh, almost run at barry bonds uh, so there's a you know the, the big trade that never happened it could have what, what could have been in the yankees lineup so um there's a big article over there check that out it's pretty pretty funny and goes right along with uh, what we're going to talk about today and then we're still recording man we, we record two episodes a week uh, andrew and i do our show on monday and then on Fridays, Andrew's been taking the uh, the professor role of uh, of our show and, and teaching everybody a little bit of uh, Yankees history, doing some brief history episodes on every Friday that have been a lot of fun and, and definitely a little different than what we've done in the past.
4: Yeah, well, if there was um, if there was one team that needed that was a little banged up in spring training and needed a delayed season and maybe some weird things to help make them a little more competitive, it's it's the damn Yankees this <laughs> yeah. year. Um, you know, everyone else is, is jonesing for baseball. The Yankees are just getting healthy, but this isn't the pod for that. Uh, today, Scott, you and I, we're going to try to nail down the top five baseball moments in, in Seinfeld. Baseball and Seinfeld are, are pretty, pretty synonymous. There's a lot of Jerry Seinfeld, pretty notable, notable for being a, a big Mets fan. Scott, how intertwined are Seinfeld and just nineties New York baseball?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think when you when you do think about this, when you think about Seinfeld, and you think about all of the different, you know, people, the cameos that have come in uh, onto the show. Obviously, Seinfeld's a big Mets fan in real life, but in the show, it's really, you know, all about the Yankees. Uh, you have cameos from those '90s, those the great '90s teams of of uh, the Yankees in New York. They are the ones that are coming on. Bernie Jeter. Um, you even have guys even earlier 90s with Buck Walter and Danny Tartable. And it goes, you know, it, it keeps going throughout the theme of, of Seinfeld because it's consistently talked about. Um, it's just Seinfeld and the New York Yankees go hand in hand. So it's a beautiful it's a beautiful match. And Andrew and I consistently practically every episode have at least one or two Seinfeld, uh, you know, mentions or referrals at some point.
4: I think we as a society like when we when we see shows or consume pop culture we love when athletes are featured when they get out of their comfort zone and are forced to be around these awkward strange TV characters like Seinfeld kind of set the early standard that that Parks and like Parks and Rec ended up doing this really well the league did it really well bringing in athletes and factoring them into their shows and having them have to conform to their whatever weird plot points they have going on. Um, You know, Seinfeld just set the standard for let's take these famous figures from the somewhat rigid world of sports and put them around a a bunch of idiots. (laughs) And they do it to perfection. Um, So I've got a few, I've got an opening question for you. Okay. um, Something that, you know, who do you think would be some of the best, you know, current or, you know, in just like the past decade, basically since Seinfeld's been off the air, uh, to be like New York ballplayers to be on a current Seinfeld episode,
3: man. So, so we're talking about after the nineties and being, I mean, the first guy that came to mind was Nick Swisher. And after I thought it, I, I got, I got I just kept going back to him, but I'm almost thinking that he may be too animated actually to be on a show like that, but he's just one of those guys that was so, you know, jovial and just like consistently in a good mood at all times. He was always over the top. I feel like he could be on uh, some, some kind of a, a Seinfeld episode in some way. I feel like there's, there's a good Seinfeld episode around Nick Swisher at some point.
4: I feel like Elaine dating Matt Harvey would be great. I could considering see Considering the, the activities of Keith Hernandez and Matt Harvey seem to be, fairly similar i think
3: no i like that i I think i think uh keith hernandez had a much more successful career Matt harvey would be is very happy that we're mentioning him in the same breath at this point because uh the the dark knight went from you know the biggest one of the biggest names in new york on especially on the met side he was the guy really fell off the face of the planet so um so yeah like that would be probably one of the the you know pinnacles of his career i'd say
4: yeah, and then I'd like to see Costanza teaching Judge and Stanton how to hit. Just an incredible contrast in size.
3: That would be great, and I think that you know we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit about Costanza and his uh, and his swing and how he teaches uh, these guys the different mechanics. But I think it might play in today's baseball.
4: An all time scene. Um, before we get into trying to narrow down our top five Seinfeld baseball moments on this podcast, typically. Um, we really like to salute sports movies for for authenticity and when they seem realistic. Seinfeld is not that same kind of of media, but I I figured we could we could try to take a look like it is a normal episode and and figure out the most and least authentic Seinfeld baseball moments. Did you have anything
3: for the most authentic? So when I think most authentic, well, first of all, George Costanza's swing is pure gold. I mean. It's not it's not bad. He goes up there and, and talks about I don't want to give anything away because I know we're going to be talking about these things. But the guy's talking about launch launch angle in you know the middle of the 90s before it before it's remotely possibly a thing. So I, I feel like he was a, a man ahead of his time and the way that he built his swing. And if you saw the launch trajectory off the bat uh, of, of uh, George Costanza when he's trying to teach. Uh, jeter and bernie had a swing it's a thing of beauty and and it cleared center field so um yeah i think that's that's extremely off that i, I was very happy to see the way that he swung a bat it did not look like a guy that has never swung a bat before which For you do a see.
4: schlubby assistant to the traveling secretary it's not a bad swing
3: almost almost assistant to the general manager like the guy has a swing so yeah i was very happy to see that and i think you know, you've mentioned this, and you kind of were alluding to the fact of you know some of these guys who go on and just just have horrible mechanics. Like some guys can't even throw a ball, and it's very disappointing when you see that.
4: Yeah, and you, you, Jason Alexander must have played a little bit of baseball back yes. in the day, at least. Um, my most authentic, like you, I don't want to step on something we're about to talk about, but it's just a quick thing in the 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 scene the. The episode where Elaine gets booted from their seats because she won't take off her Orioles cap. Right. George asks Elaine if he wants them to go with her. And that's like that was a very authentic moment for me. Cause like we've all been somewhere where one of your buddies does something stupid and gets booted out of something. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's a baseball game, maybe it's a bar, maybe it's anything. And you're like, do you want us to go with you? Because like I'm enjoying myself. I really don't want to go with you, but I, I will if you you know if you make me that that was an authentic moment to me cuz George is psyched to be there
3: great seats and Elaine just being stubborn and uh did something dumb gets them kicked out you're right i had a buddy that did the same a very similar not not a hat it was a uh, we were in college and he blew a whistle when we were in the stands of a basketball game and the entire place stopped including the game and it was like uh you know, it was like he shot somebody because everybody was running up looking for the guy with the whistle. And we're sitting there like, I don't know this guy. I don't know who he is.
4: Yeah, it's not what you want. Um, want. I had something for my least authentic. Would is just George Costanza having anything to do with any of the players or decisions made about the Yankees?
3: Well, you know, I think the play is that the um when you when they're talking about George Steinbrenner and, and that's one of the funny things because we're talking about cameos and how the athletes were perfect and George Steinbrenner was actually not good and Larry David recognized that and ended up doing being the voice of George Steinbrenner, which ended up being just tremendous and, and you know one of the best T V characters in my opinion, um in any sitcom. And uh, you know, the, the buffoonery that was the character of George Steinbrenner would definitely listen to George Costanza in those moments. So you know, it depends who you ask, I guess.
4: Fair enough. Fair enough. Did you have anything for least authentic then?
3: Oh man. I I think least authentic in, uh, in, in, in some of this, just, you know, when, when Jerry Seinfeld is a huge Yankees fan, when we all know he's a Mets fan to me is, uh, is losing something there. So I, I, I knew too much information I feel like at that point, but, um, I got over it and, and still love him. Although we do have a debate, Andrew and I have talked about this and had the debate of, you know, who would be worse off without the other person, Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld.
4: That, I mean, that's almost an impossible ask.
3: It's a tough question. And it's not one that's popular either. You, you go either answer. Like if you have to make a choice, it's a very difficult decision. I mean, I, it wasn't as difficult for me because I do think there is one comedic genius in the two of them. So I went Larry David uh, being, being the guy that stands out.
4: Has he been on an episode of comedians getting cars and coffee? Oh, I don't know. Getting, getting, getting comedians in cars, getting coffee.
3: Yeah. Something like that. I'm not sure if he has actually, I would assume that he has, right? Like you'd think that Jerry Seinfeld would go there because it would be an extremely popular episode.
4: Yeah, I I would, I would love to see it. That's one of my favorite. um, That's actually a very good quarantine watch. It's something that's relaxing. It's completely just mellow and fun. Yeah, but um, with you that, watch, like, I think 20 of them in a row. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, let's get into let's try to pick our top five baseball moments in Seinfeld. There's a lot to there's a lot to choose from. Um, I think that the, the best way to go about it is kind of like an NFL draft, if you will, picking number one, getting getting the first one off the board and going down. I think it'd be a little a little difficult for us to go into sending order. Do you want to throw out a nominee for top baseball related moment in Seinfeld?
3: So it pains me to do this because this is also going to be uh, on our Bronx pinstripes feed as well and, and talking to to my Yankees fans. But the, one of the best episodes of Seinfeld for me is the the JFK moment with the spit with Keith Hernandez. And yes, it's a Met. But the entire reenactment of this of this scene is just one of the best uh one of the best episodes and, and just the way that they roll out the entire scene is pure genius so i have to put that up there uh, because it was such a long you know period that they broke down as well so it wasn't It was so entangled in everything, like Larry David does. But there was such detail to this episode and to these these moments that happen with the spit that are just uh, pure comic genius.
1: Spit splashed off the wrist, pauses in midair, mind you, makes a left turn and lands on Newman's left thigh. That is one magic loogie. Well, that's the way it happened. What happened to your head when you got hit? Well, uh, uh, my head went back to the left. Say that again. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. So what are you saying? I'm saying that the spit could not have come from behind. But there had to have been a second spitter.
4: I think that's undisputed the best baseball moment in Seidfeld. Yeah. I love when there is I love in TV shows or anything when there I love a good spoof. I mm-hmm. love a, a perfectly well-crafted spoof imitation. And this thing is it's the courtroom scene from JFK. Um I, I just think it is it is such a well-done spoof of being able to take what they're talking about with this ridiculous Keith Hernandez spit story and craft it into fitting into those boxes of the JFK scene. It's perfect. Like, I think one of the funniest, most clever TV episodes I've ever seen is the the Modern Warfare episode of Community. I didn't even watch Community. I wasn't a regular Community watcher, but it's this perfect spoof of 80s action movies. And this episode of Seinfeld is, like, the just a perfect... I, I can't get over, like, how... I mean, you you said Larry David's comedic genius, like it, that's why this works so well.
3: Yeah, I mean, they—it's <laughs> the magic Loogie. I mean, the thing bounces off the the fact that they re they do a scene that has, you know, like the, the the lens filter of the JFK assassination, almost like they see this in Kramer's getting hit with guys, a guy on like an old camcorder, and you know, Kramer being the over-actor that he is, or the over you know, just the over-the-top personality makes it seem like he actually does get shot um, because he's hit by this loogie. No, it's, 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 it's great. And the whole Keith Hernandez aspect of it and, um, you know, with, uh, with Elaine dating him, and it's just, uh, it, was, it was phenomenal.
4: When Jerry brings up the second spitter, it just, it's perfect. Yeah. It's just absolutely perfect. I don't think there's any debate do you want to throw up a nominee for what you think the second best is?
3: I feel like from here I could go either way, right? So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different avenues I could go, honestly. But um, a lot of them are around George Costanza. George Costanza being the assistant to the traveling secretary. Obviously, he's put in many situations with the Yankees that that have uh, you know good scenes attached to them. But when he's, he's clearly going,
4: got the most baseball-oriented, scene, like oriented yeah. storylines in the series. I mean, he works for
3: the Yankees. For guys, like the guy exactly. has literally weaselled his way into a Yankees job, being not worked a you know a uh, a good day in his life. He's he's weaselled his way into so many jobs that he weasels his way into the Yankees and um, a couple of them where you know he's has a tick and a wink. Like the guy almost gets an assistant. GM job, that, that's kind of a, an honorable mention for, for me because of the, the whole, um, you know, all, everything that transpires after that. But for me, the, the scene where he's teaching Bernie Williams and Derek Jeter how to hit a baseball is just great because one, we see it all the time. We see it, the, 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 the video, the clip of it happening um, and how serious he is talking about the equation about how to hit and just making it so matter of fact. And I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Like the guy was talking about launch angle. He's a man before his time, like a, a baseball savant. So it's uh, that's definitely the one.
4: So I think it's hard. It's hard to argue that that's the second it's, I would argue the most famous of the Seinfeld baseball scenes. That's what I think first and foremost, as far as like when I think Seinfeld baseball, I think about Costanza standing there with Bernie and Jeter, but in terms of a great scene, can I at least offer up, it might not be the the number two, but the scene I referenced earlier when Elaine gets tossed out of the Yankees game, because at least seeing it in in retrospect or thinking about it in retrospect, it is kind of like you could see that being a curb episode if Larry and and someone went to a, a Yankees game or Larry's in LA, like a Dodgers game, if Larry went to a Dodgers game and was around a bunch of Dodger fans and his buddy wore a Giants cap that it, it was more in that vein instead of like the Costanza Bernie thing is such a ridiculous premise Whereas the Elaine getting booted because she's wearing an Orioles hat in the owner's box is a little more in the, the vein of Curb. So I don't know if it can overtake it, but I just wanted to throw it out there to say I thought about this at number two.
3: So I'll say this. I mean, it is in the vein of Curb, but Curb had a very similar scene in the way that when that was utterly ridiculous when Larry David is late for the Dodgers game. And picks up a prostitute so that he can go in the HOV lane just to get to the Dodgers game and has, this, and has her sit in um, his buddy's, I can't, I can't think of his name right now, but his buddy's dad's seat, right? And they're, they're out at this game and the only he gets there because he's using the HOV lane and picks up the prostitute. So we're not that far off. Like there's, there's, there's ridiculous moments of them sitting at a game um, and calling attention.
4: It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. But with that being said, I, I think you're right in that George, uh, George teaching Jeter and Bernie how to hit. Um, it's also like super young Bernie and Jeter. This scene is almost better in, in retrospect. Yeah. Like well, with, the, with the, what those guys is, turned into
3: for sure, for sure. And they, and now in social media days, like people see that gif and they just, I'm not even sure some people know what it is. It's just, you know, some guy, Uh, Hitting a baseball with with the sarcastic—I mean—the facial expressions of George Costanza when he's talking to these guys, like you know, oh, we just won the world, the world, uh, the world series, you know, and he like in six games, like you know, six games. He's just making making you know fun of the way that they've done these things and just like talking all nonchalantly. I I love it, and and the way that he. Just is so George with trying to teach them how to do it. Um, and matter of fact, again, with the equation, talking about that is hysterical.
4: Well, and he's always like fairly overconfident, but this is the, the plot of the episode. He's like a different level of overconfident.
3: Guys, it's not about muscle, it's about simple physics. Calculate the velocity <laughs> V in relation to the trajectory T, in which, gra- in which G, gravity, of course, remains constant, and then hits a dinger.
0: Hitting? It's not about muscle, it's simple physics. Calculate the velocity V in relation to the trajectory T in which G gravity of course remains a constant It's not complicated. Now who are you again? George Costanza, assistant to the Traveling Secretary Are you the guy who put us in that
3: Ramada in Milwaukee? You
0: want to talk about hotels? Or you want to win some ballgames? games? Hey, we won the World Series. In six games
3: like <laughs> it's not complicated
4: incredible incredible yeah. so we're on to number three i think things get a little more difficult after the top two um a couple nominees for three i've the the elaine scene i mentioned mm-hmm. um and i i think the the paul o'neill two home run scene do you have anything else that you think is up there with three for number three
3: so I almost went O'Neill in in the two spot too because that whole that whole thing is ridiculous. Um, the The other for 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 number three would for me would be the exchange between George Costanza and Buck Showalter talking about the cotton uniforms. And, and you know, there's a there's a lengthy exchange because it goes on. Uh, you know, previously with Danny Tartable and George. You know, in the batting cage, of course. So, do you th-
4: with the the Buck Showalter thing? Are you factoring in basically that whole episode? Like, because when you factor in like him, Buck Walter, which like Buck Walter is kind of a curmudgeon, it seems like he'd be the opposite. Like, oh no, my guys should sweat in their uniforms, but and then at the end when it's like the Mattingly split his pants, like the uniforms shrink. Yeah, I kind of the- I th- I kind of think of all of those as one in that
3: episode. Absolutely, and, and that's the thing, like. The fact that it comes back to shrinkage at the at the end of this and you know the the rain happens and the and the uniform starts shrinking, it's it's phenomenal. But you know, you get George feels like a hero because he's now allowing these guys to be cooler and breathe and play better and be, you know, be more themselves out there and be able to to you know have, have more flexibility in their uniforms. And then all of a sudden they start sweating or, you know, the there's moisture in the air or whatever, and cotton shrinks. And when you wash it, cotton shrinks. So it's not not one of those uh, fully thought out plans, which is very Costanza.
4: Well, and then but you talk about the Paul O'Neill, the two home runs thing, where Kramer promises a sick boy that Paul O'Neill will hit two home runs, and we've got a Bronx pinstripes connection to that because a couple months ago covered the the classic Yankees film, Pride of the Yankees, with your co-host Andrew. Right, and this is a this is a thing from that movie where Lou Gehrig, if I'm remembering this correctly, because. I, I understand that it was a classic in 1942 which is not something that I will ever watch again but he promises like Babe Ruth promises a sick boy something but then Lou Gehrig in private I, I believe promises him two home runs and so I believe this is a callback to that which is why I appreciate it a lot the the third spot in, in the the top Seinfeld moments is is pretty tough I would yeah. say I think this is the the toughest decision if what is your what is your gut telling you what do you think the, the third best? Seinfeld baseball moment is.
3: Yeah, I'll go with O'Neill. I think this is this this whole the whole premise behind what happened here because it started with baseball moments and then ended in a baseball moment because um, <laughs> the whole reason that Kramer's in this predicament is because George has a birthday card that is signed by all of the Yankees from for, for Steinbrenner and he is uh, Kramer has it at one point. I'm trying to remember why he has it. But he's, Kramer's asking George if he can sell the card. And Kramer, and George is winking, his eye is winking, even though, but he has like a a tick, like he's got something in his eye and there's a tick. And he's not really being sarcastic, but everybody thinks he's being sarcastic. So Kramer sells it. The pawn shop then sells it to whomever and gives it to a a little boy in the, the hospital. And that's why Kramer has to go back and promise things that he can't deliver upon. So the fact that he goes into the, uh, you know, has the exchange with O'Neill about hitting two home runs and then O'Neill references the moment you're talking about because he gets called out for, uh, you know, calling Babe Ruth a liar, even though he, uh, you know, he, he's Paul O'Neill's famous line is, you know, um, he wasn't dumb enough to promise too. So I think the, the whole Lou Gehrig thing is one of those backstories, right? Is that like the, the other side of it? Because
4: I think it was something they made up for the movie,
3: yeah, maybe. Pride of
4: the Yankees. I think that was it was fairly it was embellished. I'm I'm pretty sure I will I will do a uh, I will do an insert here in the audio and post if I was wrong about this. Guess what? I wasn't wrong. That's kind of why why I lean this. It this takes us to to four and five. The, the last two spots. And I think, let, let's just throw out the nominees. The, the stuff we've already talked about there's Elaine with the hat. There's uh, Buckshow Walter doing the uniform switch. And then uh, George's dad with, with the
0: How Could You Trade Jay Buhner? I
1: can't believe it. He was so young. How could this have
0: happened? Well, he'd been logging some pretty heavy hours. First one in in the morning, last one to on leave at night. That kid was a human dynamo. Are
1: you sure you're talking about George?
0: <laughs> you are Mr. and Mrs. Costanza.
1: How the hell, did you trade the Unifor? He had 30 home runs, and over 100 RBIs last year. He's got a rocket for an arm. You don't know what the hell you're doing.
0: Well, he was a good prospect, no question about it. But my baseball people love Ken Phelps bat. They kept saying, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps. I'm not here to leave a
4: message. To Steinbrenner, when Steinbrenner has come to tell them that he be- Believes that George is dead. Is he? Is he delivering? I, I can't remember. Is he actually delivering the news that George yes. is dead, or he's just like it's suspicious?
3: No, George is dead. George Amazing. is dead because there's a there's a uh, recording that Seinfeld gets when he walks into his door. There's a uh, Frankenstein Jerry. It's Frankenstein. George is dead. Or Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back. And uh, there's a you know that that whole that whole bit. So yeah, that's a great exchange. That's a I actually said honorable mention earlier, but that's the um, that's that's the same episode where we see Costanza actually, you know, with the, the whole car incident, and again tied to the Yankees. The car is at Yankee Stadium.
4: Do you have any other nominees for spot four and spot five before we place these?
3: I, I think you got them, man. I think those are the ones. I, I'm on. I'm on board with you. The only thing I'll say is that the, the, the Danny Tartable part of the shrinkage was a it was a funny episode, just because you're seeing. You're seeing George talking to George to uh, Danny Tartable again, again. George Costanza, at, you know, in the in batting practice, teaching Yankees how to hit a baseball. So,
4: if you encompass that whole episode, I think it's probably number four because there's a lot of, of just classic George. Because he, yeah, he's got the Tartable, but then also the conversation with Buck Showalter, and you can tell Buck Showalter probably never going to win an Oscar. He doesn't really <laughs> he doesn't really say a whole lot. It's just just kind of looking at George and, and trying not to to crack a smile.
3: Yeah, so he's got the very you know southern southern draw with uh, with the way that Buck always talked. He's got a very distinct way of speaking, especially in New York. And yeah, you know, George, I think you're on to something. I think you have a good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, no, it's great. That's a that's a phenomenal episode. The whole exchange between all of those uh, all of those different pieces is perfect.
4: I think that that probably slides into number four. Number five, I'm gonna have to put my foot down and say it's it's the Lane getting booted for her OSCAP. cap. That's just something. It's like I said, it's less off the wall than most of these, but it is the most like curb. And also uh, we haven't mentioned that Kramer gets, gets hit with a foul ball and suffers somewhat of, of like memory loss. Cause he comes in and, and calls Elaine, something else like Carol or something like that.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great episode because she's so damn stubborn. And it's funny because my, my stepmother is actually a, an Orioles fan. And uh, so I grew up. With, with like half of, half of that happening, like I would always have to, um, you know, talk smack. And I used to go back, like way back, I'm dating myself here, but I would actually go to um, Camden Yards and Memorial Park, uh, you know, uh, Memorial Stadium, Camden Yards and Memorial Stadium, I think it was. And uh, so we, we would constantly go down to Baltimore to watch Yankees-Orioles games, but also in Baltimore. So there's a, there's, a, there's a fun connection there with the Yankees, the Orioles, and Seinfeld.
4: Yeah, the uh, Camden Yards was actually my first MLB ballpark that I ever went to. I've have, I've have fond memories of there as well. We used to when I lived in Virginia as a child. We used to to drive up there. So, anyways, I think so. I think we've got our five. I Think number one, the uh, the second spitter, the Keith Hernandez. Number two, uh, George teaching Jeter and Bernie how to hit. Number three, Paul O'Neill having having to hit two home runs because Kramer has promised a sick boy. Uh, number four, the, the shrinkage. And number five, Elaine refusing to take off her Orioles hat and being thrown out of the owner's box with an honorable mention for George's dad asking, how could you trade Jay Buhner?
3: How could you trade Jay Buhner for Ken Phelps? No, I think the list is very good. I think something that uh, we, we actually forgot to mention is the, the, uh, the, the end of the Paul O'Neill episode has him you know, hit two home runs, Paul O'Neill hits a, f- a home run in the first inning, and then the uh, the second home run is actually inside the Parker, but it ends up being ruled a triple with an error. So the kid won't give it back, and Kramer now has to then you know promise uh, that Paul O'Neill is going to catch a ball with his hat <laughs> in the next game. So it all comes uh, even more ridiculous with some some Larry David curveballs.
4: It's fantastic, Scott. We're, we finished up with our list. I'm going to leave you with one more question. Who is the, the '90s era Yankee? And I didn't put this on our run sheet, so this is gonna, you're gonna have to wing it. Who's the '90s era Yankee you wished would have been featured in a Seinfeld episode?
3: Man, '90s era Yankee that um, it's gonna have to be Posada. I don't. Posada was not in a Seinfeld. I don't think. I don't, I don't believe so. Him. No. See, I think Posada's got some funny. Funny moments, like I feel like you could actually put uh, calling him even George Posada, Jorge Posada, in a moment with uh, the Yankees on Seinfeld. That that could be good. So I think he's he's one of the core guys, right? Like he's one of the the quote core four, which I can't stand because that means you're leaving out Bernie when you're talking about that. But um, I think he's one of those guys that would that would be uh, funny to be in there.
4: I think that's a fair. I I think that'd be a fair point. I think I think I think that'd be a good uh, a good pick. Scott, this was fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. We'll have to talk some more uh, pop culture and baseball. Tell the folks where they can find your pods and all your work at Bronx Pinstripes.
3: Yep, you can find us at Bronx Pinstripes um, pretty much on every social media and at Yankees Podcast on, on Twitter as well. Uh, if you are a Yankees fan, come on over and hang out. And uh, hopefully we get some baseball soon because or really any sports, I'll take any sport at this point, honestly. But um, But baseball would be nice. It'd be nice if we could get a, a shortened season. So hopefully these guys can do it and hopefully everybody out there is being safe and all that stuff and uh yeah man ready to ready for it to be over i think
4: (laughs) oh absolutely i i need i need baseball back more than i can explain um scott thanks for joining me if you enjoyed this episode of big screen sports please remember subscribe rate review wherever you get your podcast uh new episodes coming at you every monday this coming monday uh, we've got a listener questions episode and then this month a uh, couple couple baseball-themed podcasts. We are covering The Rookie with my buddy Dylan Shivery. Uh, we're talking to Keith Law about his new book, The Inside Game, and some of the problems he has with Moneyball. And then our non-sports movie for the month is going to be Pitch Perfect with returning guest Mike Schubert, so everyone check that out. And we will catch you next Monday. Thanks.